Ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to the Autopod Decepticast, your podcast that formally broke down 1986's Transformers the Movie minute by minute. Um, We are on a little break of ourselves right now, but we will have new shows for you starting after the holidays for sure. Um, But in the meantime, hey, that's no reason not to re-gift some of our content in a new and exciting way. Uh, This is your co-host Ryan filling in here for the boys because, uh, let's face facts, I'm everyone's favorite. I'm sure this is true, despite all the empirical evidence to the contrary. Ooh, falsettos are so funny. Fucking ghost. Anyway, we are back with part two of Deviation de Script. That is really the French for script deviations. Did I nail it? French-speaking listeners, let me know. Um, Actually, Aaron and I... I think took like three years of French in high school. It was three or four. Um, so I can speak it like maybe a two-year-old. Uh, I'm, and I'm told that most people can understand foreign languages better than they can speak it, but I am the opposite, which is like the least helpful way for your brain to deal with a foreign language. Um, I have been to France, and I prefaced every interaction with, pardonnez-moi, je parle français très mauvais, which means I speak French very badly. And they will hook you up if you even attempt to try. Uh, I did. I remember asking a metro worker, uh, "Vous parlez anglais?" and he said "un peu," which means a little, and then proceeded to speak flawless English. So, where is this story going? You may be asking, and how is it related to Transformers? Well, it's um, nowhere, and it isn't, and that is. You know what? That is the APDC promise: random, mindless babble that is mildly amusing, sometimes just accidentally. Um, this edition of Script Deviations covers episodes 21 through 37 in a row, and yes, I did end it with 37 just for that joke, if anybody gets that. You're welcome, Mike. Um, this is a meaty one. We have the death of Optimus Prime, the Matrix passing, the birth of Galvatron, and the death of Starscream. You also hear a little from our special guest from episode 23 and 24, friend of the show, Ben Marks. All right, pitter-patter, let's get at her. Uh, you enjoy the show while I think of my next pointless story full of dead ends and non-sequiturs. All right, bye. Do you guys know what time it is? Uh, it is 3.15. Crit deviations. <laughs> so, uh, in reference to his battle with the Decepticons in the script... Uh, the script mentioned it's, uh, that Optimus Prime is spinning and whirling like the Sundance Kid. <laughs> That's not in mine. He takes a lot out. What? That's what it says. That is very odd. Um, in reference to his truck charge, it says, Like a power back, he transforms into truck mode and barrels into them, sending Decepticons flying around like shards of glass hit by a forty-five. That's a real mixed metaphor. Mm. Why didn't they say shards of glass hit by a Mack truck? Yeah. Also, it's like we start off with a football analogy, and then all of a sudden we're into guns. (laughs) There's a lot of stuff going on. Uh, At some point... uh, What's the football reference? Power, what was it? I'm assuming a a power back. 
Isn't that a football thing? Oh yeah. I don't. I'm surprised I would even say that, knowing as much about football I as I do. I think it is. All no, right. I just, I just glossed over. I just wasn't paying attention. <laughs> so uh, at some point, he becomes engulfed by Decepticons, and we, the viewer, are meant to believe that his attack is foiled. Basically, there's this. Uh, Megatron turns on. and there's like a scrum of Decepticons on top of him. But That's for our UK listeners. <laughs> or Australian. That's right. Uh, and uh, from which Prime then smashes through and then he engages Megatron in the confrontation. And um, back to what we were talking about earlier when that scene where Prime is up close and it looks like he's kind of lifting himself up. Mm-hmm. I just lifted myself up, so vocally, hopefully, <laughs> that I came across. So uh, he lifts himself okay. up. And the reason that happens is because um, as they were engaging in the initial dialogue, Dirge took a sneaky leap at Optimus Prime. Too, yeah. And while this happens, uh, Prime basically stiff arms him, another football <laughs> reference. Uh, turns him upside down with one hand and yes. then drives him headfirst yes. into the rocky Spikes. ground, Spikes letting him crumple and there fall. And then that's when, uh, and so that happens, and then Prime and lifts up. himself up and says, that's a question you should ask yourself, I had that, Megatron. I had that too, where there's just such a funny image. And in mine, I think it said he grabs his leg and then pile, like just pile drives him into the ground. He should have done like an underdog villain type of thing where he like tried to shake the loose change out of his <laughs> upside down pockets. <laughs> but um, and then the script also comments on that electricity that encompasses oh. them but it attributes them it says that when they first clash they ran into the wall and hit some electrical panels and causing them to mm. short circuit and so the, and <laughs> the script describes it as a fiery nimbus of crackling electrical energy man somebody was like Coleman <laughs> the thesaurus they were ever writing this uh, the only other note I have on script deviations is that early on, apparently, me- like what we don't see, so this is written in, and it happened. So I guess it happened from a canon perspective, but we didn't see it because it's during that scene when Hot Rod's like, mm-hmm. "We got to help Prime," and you kind of see him about. scuffling. Uh, but uh, Megatron attempts to kick Prime in the throat. Yeah, and Prime catches the foot and hurls him into the metal pile, and that we see that reaction of that and that's where Megatron finds the shard so that's what I've got I so sorry listeners I did not I forgot my script at home but I think I do remember the parts that are deviations on this and uh, it's tough putting this into like a continuity thing because stuff gets shifted around in the movie but there is a part in the script where in between um Devastator and this battle kind of uh, we see Ultra Magnus and a bunch of other Autobots where he's actually in truck mode and has them all piled onto his trailer because he's hmm. a car carrier. Mover? Oh, <laughs> he's he's hauling them around. Yeah, and he brings them up to Devastator. They all offload and start fighting Devastator and then, I mean, run away. It's not a very good scene, which is probably why it's not in the movie. Um, so they show up, fight him a little bit. A little bit. And then run away. That's right. <laughs> So, yeah, they're a storyboard. They at least storyboarded it. You can find it online if you look. Um, Actually, okay, I have seen those some, some of those storyboards. Yeah, that's right. They, I think Ultra Magnus fires some rockets yeah. at him or something. Okay, gotcha. And I think maybe one or two of those guys, that might be where Trailbreaker or somebody dies. Yeah, or, or Smokescreen or something, yeah. yeah. Gotcha. Uh, that's the only other deviation I had. You covered the other ones. Gotcha. Well, then, Caleb, have you got any deviations? No. All right. All right. Hey, we made it fast for you. Let's <laughs> uh, do it in harmony. One, oh, God. two, three. Script deviations. <laughs>
All right, well, maybe we'll <laughs> use that sometime. Yep. Nope. What do you got, Jed? <laughs> uh, okay, so not a lot on this one uh, because, again, I'm sorry, ladies and gentlemen, I forgot my um, script at home. Uh, from what I remember, the only thing I can think of that is a deviation on this, uh, I'm sure you'll have the ones that um, I would have covered otherwise. The only thing I can think of is as we're looking at the last of this minute, uh, 21, basically 59, uh, where Hot Rod gets taken prisoner. Uh, instead of using his, him as a shield, uh, Megatron puts the gun to his head. Uh, uses him as a hostage instead of a shield. Oh, very dark. Yeah. Um, and I don't have much either. My, I had a note that we actually covered last episode about Megatron slipping a dagger from his boot. Um, but we, I think we covered that. Uh, Prime, apparently at one point used a chunk of broken concrete to knock the laser dagger from Megatron's hand in the version of the script that I have. And then I think I referred to this last episode, but it actually we're coming around to it more in this episode, is that, so Prime and, or I'm sorry, Cup and Hot Rod are, we know that they're on the outskirts of this battle, right? We know mm -hmm. Hot Rod is because we saw him run up there, and we know Cup is because he said stay away, and we've seen Cup tell him to finish it off. In the script that I am reading, there is a lot of battling going on kind of in the in the circumference of the Prime and Megatron battle. So there's little notes about Prime or about I'm sorry, Hot Rod and Cup taking out Decepticons here and there mm. while also cheering on Prime. So the script will say something like, uh, you know, uh, Cup takes out two Decepticons with his pistol and then turns is like, get him, Prime! Get him! Yeah, that kind of thing. <laughs> That's interesting because actually I'm remembering this now. In the script that I have, it's the exact opposite where it's basically like 3 o'clock high where, callbacks, where um, everything stops to watch this battle. And I'm like, that doesn't, why would you do this? <laughs> <laughs> it's, uh, yeah, I don't know. All right, well, I guess we'll never figure it out. <laughs> Caleb? No. I got no look at me. I don't, <laughs> I don't like fights. <laughs> I am anti-fight. Hey, guys. Let's have some tea. Yeah. Uh, hey. Huh? Caleb. Hmm? Yeah. <laughs> what you doing? What you knowing? You want to work in the script deviations thing? <laughs> I'm just goofing. Oh. <laughs> I thought I had a thing and I didn't. I, oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry, I couldn't even pick up on what it was. Yeah, was it was like, pretty there was nothing to didn't pick give up him, on. He didn't give you anything, yeah. <laughs> Woo! Ow! <laughs> we need a lady ow. Ow! <laughs> They're in pain just see, being here. See, yeah. we know women. <laughs> we did throw a tampon joke in there for him, am I yeah, right? Yeah, and uh, nothing, no, edit the hell out of that, I've please. never Do met a woman put that in there. who doesn't love a tampon joke. <laughs> okay. okay. All right. <laughs> it's like Oakley Doakley. What you got, Jet? Uh, okay, so um, there are some uh, differences in here. Not, I mean, there are huge ones. Um, the biggest one is that um, Prime, whenever he's fighting Megatron, at no point gets his rifle. Um, basically, he doesn't have it even after uh, Optimus, or Optimus, even after Megatron's on the ground, he doesn't have the gun. So, which it's uh, whenever uh, Hot Rod jumps in, uh, Hot Rod grabs the blaster, Megatron quickly gets a Hot Rod in a headlock, and um, uh, Megatron says, Stand back, Prime, or your lackey becomes dust, which is a pretty good line. Because uh, he, he doesn't basically just have him in a headlock, he has him in a headlock, and he points the gun at Hot Rod's 
midsection. Okay. So he's using him as a hostage as opposed to a shield in the original script. Uh, and then Hot Rod's uh, struggling, uh, says, Prime, forget about me, terminate him. And then Megatron says, Bravery, you all flaunt your bravery. <laughs> And as he says this, he hurls Hot Rod at Optimus Prime, <laughs> which I would have loved to I see. I would have loved to see that, too. And uh, Blast Prime... just been like, ah! <laughs> Heavens. And Blast Prime in the wound that he has already made with his laser dagger. Uh, and then uh, on Optimus Prime, as he reacts, his midsection now glowing and smoking, a huge hole where the blaster is struck. Um, Hot Rod regains his feet, and this is where, the, where Hot Rod says, it's all my fault. But then Megatron's still there, aiming the blaster, and that's where... He says, fall, you scrap heap, fall, which is I, the line in the I think it'd be cool if he would thrown Hot Rod so hard at Optimus. It went through his side? That's what would have... Like it wedged yes. into the hole in that's, his gut? That's what would have, like, uh, mortally uh, injured uh, Optimus. Mm-hmm. That's... So not only is, like, he's he's on many levels the reason for Optimus' death. I, I, we need to make the movie that you want to see. I do. <laughs> um, and then Hot, uh, Optimus... Uh, uh, it's the same thing where um, he, uh, he the line in the script is I should have known you'd be treacherous to the last and that's whenever he swings up and hits him uh, and then Hot Rod forgive me Optimus and it was, uh, Cup actually at this point comes in and says it wasn't your doing lad it was Megatron and um, then uh, yeah then he falls and uh, basically uh, then Starscream uh, this is literally the same in the script how do you feel Mighty Megatron although there's a tag of like you look dreadful which is <laughs> <laughs> I mean it's on, it's on uh... woke up on the wrong side of the bed <laughs> Mighty Megatron God, look at the cowlick <laughs> Can't stand it. <laughs> and then Megatron, this is the first mention of this. So uh, Megatron uh, weakly clutches at Starscream and says, The wound is mortal. My life spark hungers for infinite peace. <laughs> which is the mention of the life spark. Um, which is something that is in the script and doesn't come in until much later iterations of the Transformers, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. Uh, you, basically in the comic, but it's never really in the cartoon. I don't Well, it's, it's I don't a, think it's in the comic, the original Marvel either. I no, no, not showed up until IDW and yeah, like, maybe. And it's it is is in Beast Wars as well. Oh, okay, that's probably where it showed up. Mm-hmm. The idea of Spark as like an essence, life essence. And then, um, <laughs> why would they? And then Starscream drops Megatron's hand coldly, calls to other Decepticons. Megatron approaches ultimate termination. I'll just I'll just read it. Megatron <laughs> approaches ultimate termination. We shall take him to Cybertron and there determine which of us shall rule in his stead. So, the couple that I have for my version of the script, um, after Megatron tosses Hot Rod to the side and approaches Prime and, and does the whole, his whole would have waited eternity for this, he also says to Optimus Prime, Crawl, slave! Oh, <laughs> on, on your knees! In their version, Megatron and then Starscream are kind of like hanging out a little bit down there. Yeah. And, and, and But Megatron at one point, said, while clutching Starscream's hand, says... <laughs> Enshrine me. Enshrine. <laughs> yeah. Oh yes, that yeah. comes up later. Actually, <laughs> is, like you know, but so obviously he knows he's gonna die from that statement. But oh obviously in I yours, he. I cannot knew. wait until we get to it because it's so fucking weird in the script. It's this so weird. Whole... Everybody clap. Let's... <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Thank you, live studio audience. Got, or, you know oh. what? I, you always go first. That's I'm, true. I'm go. gonna go nice. first. 
steal some of your thunder. Mm-hmm. So in my version, I don't have much. In, in my <laughs> version, um, Soundwave doesn't carry Megatron. Uh, Starscream is carrying Megatron in the version that I have. But the the, <laughs> the funny thing about it is that the script notes that Starscream is dragging Megatron by one leg, <laughs> callously disregarding the way Megatron's head and upper body bump and get knocked <laughs> around oh from the dragging. Yeah, I have that too. <laughs> uh, the script also notes that Starscream, when he boards Astro Train, he kicks other Decepticons out of his way to make room for him. And it also notes that Astro Train takes off, leaving a number of generic Decepticons behind. Oh, I don't know. Who, they're stranded, and then they're immediately surrounded by Autobots, and they all surrender. And that's all I Whoa, got. Whoa, they surrender? So, in <laughs> yeah. your script, have you read forward from this uh, Not really. I'm just curious, like, so they presumably now have prisoners? So can they be ro- reprogrammed to be Autobots? Uh, in the show, Megatron reprograms Autobots to be Decepticons, uh, but we never see the reverse. Uh, but I would imagine there's just a guy with a, a garage door opener just type button. A- yeah, like just to fuck with them all, just changing them from auto. Uh, from good to bad, bad to good. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I like it. Garage door <laughs> opener. Uh, that reminds me of when uh, you guys used to play CB tag. So. <laughs> He's acting I so need an cunty. adult. <laughs> All right, so we just, so we, when we were when we were in high school, we we just you know there wasn't any there wasn't cell phones necessarily smartphones and bullshit like that. Yeah, the year was, was, was nineteen ninety five. It was a weird thing where there was like CB people were so, like but, interested so in CB. We, but yeah, so we used to play. Uh, we used to have all CB radios. We used to like basically give somebody uh, five minutes to like go. Hide CB then, tag, and then we would go try to find them. Sounds but, it, so but what, sad. But why we were doing that? Yeah, it's coming from you. That, <laughs> All right. Yeah. That. Um, so, but what we also did in the meantime, we would just as we were driving down streets, we would hit our garage door opener, and statistically, I'd say usually in the course of an evening, there was at least three or four garage doors that would open because we just happened because the radio signal would just yeah. hit. Yeah. So we would remember where those were, and we would basically go by those to their house every night. And oh my god. <laughs> To, to to go a little bit to go a step further, uh, my friend Jamie was big in the ham radio, and he had modified his ham radio to cover the forty six thousand uh, hertz uh, range, which is uh, cordless phones mm-hmm. at the time, which nobody has anymore. And we could actually talk. We could hear people talking on their phones, and we could we could talk to them and break in on their conversation. <laughs> so, like the party lines. So mm-hmm. what was awesome is we'd be listening to our phone. Uh, we listen listen to the ham radio, and we'd open a garage door, and we could hear the lady go, "There it goes again." Harold, Harold, it's happening again. The funniest, what, Martha? The funniest thing I remember uh, one night we heard uh, two old ladies talking, and all of a sudden uh, my friend uh, just breaks in on their conversation and just goes, "Shut up!" like that, <laughs> and you hear this silence for a few seconds, and you hear one of the ladies go, "Did you just tell me to shut up?" <laughs> they're now they're still enemies. <laughs> to this day. Yeah, so <laughs> that was a real riff. Did you they... just tell me to shut up? <laughs> <laughs> I'm doing my. I'm the. <laughs> shit the bed. <laughs> Ryan, mm-hmm. what you got? There are not a huge amount in this one. There are some really significant ones in the next one, so everybody is a little, a little taste there. But uh, in this one, and I think this is a good choice, I understand that Perceptor is supposed to be analytical and scientific, but his lines in the original script, uh, whenever he transforms, he says, His wounds are mortal, 
Soon his life maintenance system will self-extinguish and all function will cease for eternity. Wow. <laughs> I'm like, that's you're doing a lot of extra. Yes. Like, yeah. I don't that's know why the, you gotta add for eternity. That's the opposite on my version of the script. Really? In my have? version of the script, like, Perceptor can't... <laughs> <laughs> no, in my version, he can't even finish the line. He says, I fear the wounds are... And it just trails off. He can't bring himself to wow. say anything. So, so they kind That's of went, the full spectrum. Yeah, they went happen. for the middle ground. <laughs> they did I, once again, I applaud their uh, work on that because I think they made the right choice. Um, the only other thing that is a little different is Optimus Prime's uh, uh, speech. Um, uh, he has more in the next uh, 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 minute. Uh, the, at this one, um, whenever he is passing the Matrix to Ultra Magnus, uh, he says... You and I battled the Decepticon hordes across the corridors of time itself. Whoa. I know you'll continue that struggle. Sags gasps, hanging on. My life spark. Transfer the spark. Wow. Mm, that's heavy. So they, it, uh, the only other thing I have is that the script mentions, and I can't remember if we talked about this last episode, but the script mentions that Prime is on a, quote, improvised platform oh. with a profusion of electricity discharging tubes and, quote, plasma bottles yeah, we did. hooked up to his arms and gaping middle wound. And uh, clearly on the screen, it doesn't really appear improvised at all. <laughs> there are, or that anything is connected to him. And there's well, nothing no, connected to him. There's a machine that's taking readings. Yeah, there is a, presumably. Well, I guess it's Bluetooth because the there thing, is nothing like, hooked up to him. Something's monitoring. It is wireless <laughs> as opposed to everything else in this movie, which has to connect to a weird device. <laughs> if to he's got Bluetooth health monitoring, why couldn't Soundwave Bluetooth I, that video? I'm glad that, that they didn't have show uh, have a bunch of tubes and stuff. I think, I think that, it would have been distracting yes, from the moment. I agree. Also. Kinda leave him pure. You didn't need him to get it. Right. No. Yeah, you get it. That's simplified. All right. Well, I have who this one's weird. It's a lot uh because the in this script uh the matrix as a physical object does not exist. Um so it's more of like again with the all spark or the spark or whatever. Um I'm going to I'm just going to straight read this from the script cuz it is fascinating. Uh Titan shot on Ultra Magnus and Optimus Prime. A distraught Ultra Magnus Nas reaches out with a free hand, points forefinger at Optimus Prime's chest. A glowing beam shines from his finger to chest, <laughs> and then a sunburst effect like opening a door on heaven. A door in Prime's chest opens, revealing a pure white light, and a column of that light goes from Optimus's chest across to a similar spot on Ultra Magnus's chest, where a similar door opens uh, to let that column of light in. Then... Uh, <laughs> Then Optimus Prime's life spark floats out. The life spark is a glowing, pulsating, visible creature of pure radiant energy creature. in the form of a miniature Optimus Prime. What the fuck? <laughs> Accompanied by ethereal, bell-like sounds, that life spark goes from Prime's chest to Ultra Magnus's chest. The chest doors close and the ethereal light and sound stop. Optimus Prime lies back with a contented sigh, his face and entire body bathed in an ethereal afterglow, which bonds him faintly with Ultra Magnus. Now, this begs one question. There's a little bit more, but this begs the question of, like, I haven't read ahead, so how does Galvatron take oh, the Matrix? That'll be interesting to find out. Yeah. yeah. In that... Just yeah. rips it from Ultra Magnus. Yeah, chest. I don't know. He's, is it a, it's a tiny Ultra Magnus that he takes <laughs> out of it? Oh, very cute. Uh, and then Optimus Prime says, Now I take my leave, dear friends, but I am not gone. I am forever one with each of you till all life sparks are one. 
Hmm. And the Autobots repeat the cry. Til, Til all lives sparks are one. So that is very different. <laughs> yeah, it, that's incredible. And it comes in play uh, coming up uh, with Megatron when he dies, too. Ooh, that's right. We're going to see him enshrined, perhaps? No, because... No, it's... That's what, it that's what so, the, he said he wanted to have Yes, that. and it is so fucked up what happens. It is so bananas. I can't it wait to get to it. Enshrined me. Uh, so, in my version, it's a little more evolved from that. Uh, Prime <laughs> gives his Till All or One speech, but he doesn't open his chest and hand it over to Ultra Magnus, kind of like where yours was. Prime is tilt, tilt. Prime is tilted up on a platform. Mm-hmm. Ultra Magnus then presses a button on Prime's chest. <laughs> the secret doorway appears. Ultra Magnus reaches inside the chest and pulls the Matrix out for himself. It glows intensely. Ultra Magnus puts it in his own chest, closes the door, and then there's sort of an energy burst after that happens, where Ultra Magnus's eyes glow. I guess indicating his new power and prestige. Yeah. Um, I kind of like that. I wish they'd included that. In both of these versions, there's no mention of the hot rod. Yeah, that's true. I didn't even Good pick point. up on that. You're right. I, at Good some point. point, they had to decide we need to clue the audience in. Again, I think that was like a, that was like a studio note where they're like, "Hey, we need to fucking the kids aren't gonna get it that's if they don't know right. the hot rod's gonna." That's not even an accident. I don't know what I mean. Doing. Well, think about if that scene didn't exist. How weird would it be at the end of the movie when Hot Rod? Yeah, that's true. <laughs> that's true. It does come out of you fucking might not really nowhere. understand. It comes that out of no, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Wow. So that was a critical decision. I mean, as small as it was, it's a very critical decision. Um, it, I just wrote in my notes, it would have been funny if in the original script, Ultra Magnus dropped the Matrix, bobbling it like a fumbled football. <laughs> whoa, 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 whoa. I don't know why. why? I think that's funny, but... Like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Oh, no! Maybe he trips over those cords. and. <laughs> like, oh, God. It becomes like a slapsticky... I imagine Optimus dropping it and it falls through a grate in the floor. Oh, no! (laughs) And they, like, have a magnet on a stick they're trying to get it. Someone get a Phillips head screwdriver pronto. A rat comes up and drags it off. (laughs) Rat. Rat bat. Rat bat comes and takes it. Oh, rat bat. (laughs) All right. That was great. I'm glad we did this. I I want to interject real quick. I've been trying to lose a little weight and I have switched to drinking... Diet Vince DiCola. <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> That's a pretty good pun. Very good. It's better than the caffeine free. How diet long have you been holding DiCola? on to that? For about five minutes. All right. <laughs> I'm glad you got it in there. Yeah. Well, I had to. It slipped point. it right in there <laughs> in uh, no way that was convenient. Nope. <laughs> All right. That'll be a good edit. Back mm. to the script. Uh, so, uh, what do you got, Jet? Um, I don't have a huge amount in this one. Uh, it's basically just a different... There, there is actually a scene that takes place after Prime's death uh, that I am glad they removed because it doesn't really seem to fit. Um, whenever uh, they pan for the grief reactions after uh, Prime dies, uh, Ultra Magus steps forward and clears his throat. And he says, I was never one for fancy speeches, but I think you all know how I feel. But the time for feeling is past. That's a weird uh, one. But the time for feeling is past. The time for action is upon us. And Cup says, "Here, here, we're with you, Ultra Magnus." And then there's shouts of agreement, presumably still over Prime's dead fucking corpse. <laughs> and then Ultra Magnus says, "We must pursue the remainder of the Decepticon forces and root them out before a new leader is selected to replace Megatron." This is all good cut. Yeah, <laughs> and then Perceptor, yeah. a sound strategy which I heartily endorse since it brooks no tendencies to appeasement. And Ultra Magnus. I guess that it's basically to establish that people like Ultra Magnus. 
is are I mean, okay I with this. I guess I feel like we already got that. I think it um, was. I think it was the writer like. Oh, again, this sure. is again, this is a first draft, so you include everything and then you cut. It's like the awkward um, toast at a wedding. And then Ultra Magnus doesn't get it. He says what? And Springer says, which what? who has just appeared in the scene apparently. He says he says he's with you. And then uh, Perceptor. Well, I suppose you could put it that way. And then just driving home that Perceptor's a dorko. Yeah, what? A, he's a real nerd. And Ultra Magnus is like a jock. I mm, spring. I don't know. That's yeah. Uh, and then um, Ultra Magnus gestures to the ruins of Autobot City. We cannot leave until this city and the citizens of Earth have been fortified to resist another Decepticon assault. We must rebuild and rearm, and we must do Who's it quickly. Who's got time for that's that? A lot, that's a lot of work. <laughs> I mean, that's months of. of well, not, yeah. And as we'll see later on in the scene, they're doing just that, yeah. and they get attacked again. Well, that's <laughs> the thing is like a fucking show. Don't tell. They just start <laughs> right, doing right. that. They forgot about their strategy to invade Cybertron. <laughs> yeah. Uh, do, do, do they forget about that in the movie? I mean, I guess so, yeah. Oh, my God. Well, no, I mean, it, it changes because now it's about defense and rebuilding. And then there is a scene here that um, we, again, don't need, but it's more RC and, and Hot Rod stuff. Um but the Decepticons are weak right now. Yeah, you should Buffalo 100%. Rebuilding, they're retreating. Go get oh, them and kill them. 100% you should go after them right now. Like, right now, where they're leaderless, they're on the run, they're still in space, but... Yeah. Now, imagine if they'd have done that, they would have probably run into Unicron, all would have been slaughtered, and in well, hindsight, again, it probably wouldn't have worked, but that's... Strategically, Strate- right? Decision. Militaristically, yeah. And again, we you um, can't account for Unicron just hanging out. Uh, yeah, space. and again, we keep coming back to trying to end the movie in every scene. <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, everybody runs away to do to their stuff. Um, with a roar of approval, several Autobots transform and start rolling out, moving rubble and dead Decepticon warriors aside, <laughs> hauling out ruined shuttles and stores of weaponry, etc. Uh, we move to Cup, Hot Rod, RC, and Daniel. Hot Rod says, still hanging his head. He says. Optimus Prime would still be leading us if I hadn't been so dumb. And <laughs> Cup bellows. You can't mourn him back to existence, lad. Now pick up your diodes and get to work. I love how your cup is Burgess Meredith. Yeah. <laughs> All right, you son of a bitch. You get back in there. He's Popeye's father. That's right. Okay, and then RC says gently to Hot Rod, I thought what you did was the bravest thing I ever saw. And Hot Rod takes a beat, looks up shyly. You... You did? R.C. teasing him, but with a smile. Oh, God. Of course. I'm only a she-bot, so I could be mistaken. Holy fucking shit. <laughs> I underline that because I'm Wait like, oh, no. So she's, she just says to her, I'm only a she-bot, so I could be mistaken? Yeah. And it's supposed to, I guess, be like teasing, like self-deprecating, but it's just straight-up sexist. Yeah, that's bad. So, and, yeah, she... And modern R.C., in the IDW comics, I think is an iconic sort of pro, like feminist, feminist character. Yeah, I would hope so. And this version of RC, oh, it's is not good. <laughs> it's not good at all. Yeah, yeah. I know my place, yeah. Hot Rod. You got Springer grabbing her by the wrist and leading her around. Every everybody's rebuilding the city. She's like making muffins. <laughs> She's got an apron. That's right. They, at this point, are they still standing around? Yes. Prime's dead. They're body? still in the same room with Prime's dead body, which is fucking weird. There's some um, flirtatious. Yeah, like, and he's like, oh. We're going to fuck. That's say. right. I'm going to put my piston in your fucking. What's, where does the piston go? Your drive in your fuel shaft. hole? I don't know. <laughs> anyway, drive anyway moving. And then Cup slaps Hot Rod on the back and again bellowing, Are you just going to hang about like a dr- Drusillian proto pig or are you going to move? <laughs> I'm so glad they cut all this shit out. Uh, then Hot Rod says, I'm moving, so stop hollering. And Daniel, Wait for me, guys. <laughs> 
And they transform and roll out. Daniel tries to run after them, but immediately starts lagging. Springer moves up behind him, shakes his head, and scoops him up. Uh, Springer does a lot in this script of taking care of Daniel. If RC's not doing it, Springer seems to be doing it begrudgingly. Like, right. They, like, totally abandon him. Yeah. They don't give a shit. And then Springer's like, okay, Squirt, just don't get in the way. His transformation complete. Springer now rides off with Daniel riding inside as we watch the other Autobots setting about to rebuild the city. And that's where we switch uh, to Deep Space, which I will do on the next one because it's very different than what happens. I'm looking forward to this. All I've got on mine, a lot of cuts were made, so none of that happens. In fact, but the thing that was striking to me is the script that I have doesn't elaborate on Prime, like this death sequence much at all. It doesn't talk about his color change. It doesn't, in fact, it just basically, it says, it gives the shot direction on Prime, he dies. Wow. And that's it. Wow. It's like, so the, like other, you, the other direction entirely. Then, wow, it is weird. There seems like there is. A, uh, so I love how each version that you have in the script is bonkers in a completely different <laughs> way. I love it. Maybe we fleshed out too much. Oh, maybe we cut too hey, much. Hey, just how I about you it. cut everything out and he just fucking dies? Animators, figure it out. Okay. So, listeners, I have a lot, but I guarantee it is not boring. It is amazing, the deviations at this moment. Okay, so we're in deep space. Um, Astrotrain is uh, zooming in from a great distance to fill the screen. We hear muffled whispering, which becomes a roar of argument inside Astrotrain as the others are vying for the leadership role. So far, so good. It's the same. Everybody's arguing. Uh, they actually start fighting, though. Like, Scavenger is trying to throttle Starscream, who has his knee on Dirge's throat, while Dirge is kicking out at Scavenger, as Ramjet is shoving Soundwave in the background. Oh, God. And then um, Starscream says... It's just a barroom rumble. Oh, yeah, yeah. It, it, and it goes on for pages. Mm-hmm. Like, um, uh, Starscream says, we shall decide our future leadership as soon as Megatron is enshrined in the Decepticon Hall of Heroes. Oh, wait a minute. So Megatron, for context, is not being kicked off the jet. Nobody gets kicked off. Oh, okay. They Take right. him to Cybertron. Okay. Yeah. Right. And the, in, so the Megatron is still alive, or is he dead? No, he's alive. Okay. He's still alive. And they take him to the hall, or they're taking him to the Hall of Heroes, and not one millibleep before. And um, uh, so basically, there's they continue to fight, and the Megatron says, "Wait, I still exist. While I function, I alone rule. Hear me, Decepticons. I am still your leader." And they're like, "Fuck all that. <laughs> we don't hear any of that shit." Uh, and so that we move towards Cybertron spiraling toward the Meccano planet, which is an awkward phrase, down past the orbiting moons from a different angle, so we're not passing the Autobot munitions factory. Uh, they descend past, this is weird, metal sawtooth mountains and machined plateaus, ball-bearing waterfalls. Hmm. No. Ball-bearing Don't waterfalls. do this. <laughs> ball-bearing waterfalls. Waterfalls of ball-bearings, because, sure, that makes sense. That feels like and something cog- Michael Bay would do. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The Transformers movie. Cog, cog rivers. <laughs> That's right, yeah. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> rivers of oil or something. Well, that would have been more sense. That does actually make more sense. So we go down toward a huge metallic equivalent of a classical rock-cut mausoleum it is the Decepticon Hall of Heroes. Woo! I want to go there. How, uh, much is, how much is admission? Well, I don't know if you do, because the, uh, as Astrotrain lands, lands, the hall looks like a mechanistic, art deco, high-tech version of the Albert Speer design setting for Hitler's Nuremberg Party Rally. <laughs> and well, I guess... that makes sense. It makes sense. It makes perfect sense. I guess I get it. They're bad guys, but I'm like, whoa. And if you look at that 
picture of that. Oh um, my god! I will throw up a picture of it on something, not not social media, because no way. But um, it it does look good, but maybe just pick another thing to reference. Um, so well, it, it did not get included in the final. No, cuts. well, this is this all involves hey, can like we uh, maybe uh, get rid of all the allusions to Nazism. Maybe we don't talk about the Nazis. I don't know. I'm just fucking saying. Um, so we go down uh, a semicircular colonnade. Um, the columns are constructed of eerie light emitting carved metallic crystalline substance, glowing coldly. Um, and basically, inside the half ring, there are huge columns. Uh, a statue is set in a coffin-like stone niche, and each statue has a coffin that rests on a pedestal inside. Each pedestal is a glowing niche, in, a lot of niches, in which rests the life spark of each Decepticon that is uh, representative of that uh, of that person. The Decepticon life sparks are something like the Autobot life spark we saw in Optimus Prime, only their light is a cold, greenish, baleful glare, and their forms are indistinct and ghostly, shimmering and uncertain. So presumably it's like the tiny Optimus Prime that was mm-hmm. transferred to Ultra mm-hmm. Magnus. That's the same thing that you're seeing in this. Are there any recognizable Decept... Probably not, because we don't go into Decepticon history lineage. in the cartoon as much as you do Autobot lineage. Right, right? no, they don't mention anybody <laughs> specifically, um, and then the, the, everybody piles out of Astrotrain, and they're still arguing. Starscream says... You simpletons must... That's terrible. You read this. Nah, you're good. Oh, you wait. do it. You simpletons must choose me. <laughs> that's right. And um, and Caleb hangs his head No, no, shame. I'm sorry. I'm oh. in my eye. No, 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 no <laughs> Okay, fine. sure. Um, still arguing. I'm going to skip a lot because there's a lot of fucking arguing and fighting. Megatron in voiceover, weakly shouting over the den, Help me. My <laughs> life spark is flickering. And so they're just fighting and he's off to the side like a pile of garbage. <laughs> just dying alone and sad. Even yeah. Soundwave won't go over. I mean, I... I will console you, Megatron. Yeah, I even feel a little bad for Megatron in this. You must place my life spark in the urn and deliver it to my resting place. Nah, there's still more fighting and, um, uh, breaking another hero statue which falls over on Megatron. So they're just like roughing up the joint. Oh yeah, they're fucking this shit up. Like, why would they choose to have this battle in the sacred Decepticon shrine? Because they're Decepticons. So they don't give a fuck about anything. Except they certainly do give a fuck about something. They built this shrine in the first place. They went to the trouble to to get there, too. (laughs) Exactly. To to intern, allegedly, Megatron. Megatron's life spark, which is Like, let's intern that and battle outside the place, right? How about that? Have yeah, some respect, you no. fuckers. Oop. In the falling statue from Megatron's POV, he screams as the broken statue crushes and breaks Megatron into a thousand metal shards in a shower of sparks and smoke, out of which Megatron... Whoa! Yeah, <laughs> right? <laughs> out of which Megatron's life spark suddenly rises with Tiny a... Tiny little glowing Megatron? That's right. <laughs> okay, all right. Rises with a ghostly, pitiful wail and joins an ascending stream of ghostly life sparks. We follow Megatron's life spark, which is brighter and more distinct than the others as it moves to the lead of the quote-unquote pack... Below, the battle for leadership still goes on, but we leave the sounds of battle and argument behind to move up, up, up. So the broken statues are the, are the life sparks that are traveling with him that are more, less distinct than he is. And so this is the equivalent of throwing them out of the shuttle. Instead of their now, bodies, it's the life sparks. So those life sparks will make oh. them a unicron? Mm-hmm. Well, ah. in a different way, but yeah. Oh, so there's okay. more. There's, there's more. more. Oh, Hold Jesus. on this. This is like two different movies that it's crazy. Uh, now we're following. I yeah. love this. I love these deviations. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Do you want me to go first? The bubble mess. I don't have much. I don't have much either. Uh, again, mm-hmm. like I, I, I know 
it leads into the next minute, so there's just a little bit to lead into, and I and then the next one we come into, which is it, it, we're in deep space, and um, we're, it features Megatron's life spark, as we talked about in the last episode. Oh, yeah, the life sparks <laughs> instead of the bodies, there are life sparks that are flying through space. Uh, his life spark still looks like a little Megatron, and he turns and twists and comet trail of other old hero sparks. <laughs> Throughout this sequence, all sparks keep moving up and out to bleaker and deeper space. Megatron life spark. My life spark. My precious spark. It will decompose in space and I shall cease to exist. Ugh! It says Ugh. Uh, Megatron and the life sparks move out, um, and then now we're in a ghostly part of space. There's a miasma-like cloud. What? The writer really, they're really playing oh, this out, man. Yeah, man, he went for it. Um, <laughs> some of this is really creative, actually. Uh, miasma-like clouds like a giant, like a mist over a graveyard, an old Frankenstein movie, swirl around Megatron's life spark, another spark and debris. Megatron's life spark, furious now. If I could be restored to function, what vengeance I would take upon those who denied me my destiny. I would do anything for satisfaction. Anything. Oh my god. <laughs> I'm really that. looking forward to seeing how Unicron interacts with this scenario it's weird. to turn him into Galvatron. It's weird. Uh, then there's a ghostly voice, which is. Well, where uh, is it? From infinite distance. Oh. A fearsome, sepulchral voice made of many overlaid voices of menace whispering, which is a new hyphenated term. It was, and it's ghostly? Yeah. Megatron! <laughs> That's right. Like that. And Megatron's life spark startled, frightened. Who calls Megatron here? And then ghostly voice? Louder Look. as if that voice itself could come and get him. Come to me, Megatron. Come to me. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. And that's where I'll stop because that's about as much as we see in this minute. <laughs> okay. Uh, mine are definitely not as exciting as that. In mine, the script says that all the tapes, uh, including Buzzsaw, come out of Soundwave. But all, uh, I shouldn't say oh. all the tapes. All the tapes except Ratbat, including <laughs> Buzzsaw, but not Ratbat, come out of Soundwave. <laughs> and more characters actually have lines in um, my version. So uh, whenever they're stepping up for leadership. So Blitzwing says, I am a triple changer. I'm worth any two of you. I should run things. And Dirge says, death comes to anyone who crosses me. Which sounds like probably they just sound- like a quote on his tech spec or something like that. And Astro Train does have a line. Uh, he does, uh, <laughs> he gets pissy and says, stop squabbling or we're gonna crash. Who says that? <laughs> Astro Train. <laughs> or we're gonna crash. As he, as he flies past Pluto. Is, is he impersonating Cup? Oh. <laughs> stop squabbling, we're gonna crash, Rocky. There you go, there you go. <laughs> And there, I just wanted to call out a line that I liked um, as it how it described Unicron in the script. It called, described it as a beautiful technological expanse. Mm, okay, yeah, that's yeah. all I got. So, so I will say before you go into, I don't really have much. Okay, as opposed to um, there, there's a line that Unicron says where. Um, the, the line where he says, this I command, you were to destroy the Autobot Matrix of Leadership. That's what he says on screen. But in this version of the script I have, he just says, bring me the Autobot Matrix. He doesn't go into any I, detail. I love how your, your, like, Ryan's is like full of like crazy like different like 
mythologies and strange visuals. And, and, and then Aaron uses bare bones, and then they <laughs> meet in the middle. Uh, the mo- what we see on screen is the Goldilocks zone. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. bring me the Matrix. <laughs> Megatron's a gopher. <laughs> I would like Starbucks, please, and a Matrix. Yeah. Could you get me one of the new Taco Bell yeah. naked egg tacos so for breakfast? A, so Megatron's a PA. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. He's a, he's an intern. <laughs> Uh, okay, I've got some stuff here. Here we are. Uh, we have an angle on Megatron's life spark as he is suddenly bathed in and gripped by a pale, cold ray which draws Megatron's life spark. Other sparks and debris across space with dizzyingly increasing speed, hauling everything faster and faster than down, down, down. And we. Megatron's life spark goes. <laughs> I see what you've written. You've written that there are 12 eyes. There are 12 eyes in IE. <laughs> <laughs> All right, now we're on a slab-like mechanical planet, which I don't know what that fucking means. Um, the slab planet is, a, is huge and rotates on its axis through a miasma-like clouds and swirling ominous storm clouds through which strange electronic displays play, and we follow the wailing Megatron life spark and other sparks and debris down through the mists. Here we're on the surface. Um, and this part is super creative. Uh, it's really cool. Like, as Megatron's life spark lands and then cowers in a smoking, hell-like, mechanical, high-tech cavern, setting amid belching sulfurous fumes and the coiling and uncoiling of snake-like iron grass and the ceaseless undulation of steel tree trunk forms. <laughs> I like how it has those in quotes. Does, yes. this, does this have the ball-bearing waterfalls? This too? is, uh, this is, well, this is the same. No, that was Cybertron. Oh, yeah. This is different. This is Slab um, Planet. Yes. Sorry. Uh, they rise menacingly. These tree trunk forms are covered with geometric shaped metallic crystalline scales which create an eerie clanging bell sound as they sway around Megatron's terrified life spark. Note, we will later learn that the tree trunks and grass shapes are hairs on the back of Ingester's hand. But for now, we are ignorant What's of Ingester? that. What's Ingester? That's Unicron. That's an early oh, yeah. Unicron. So yeah. after all this description, uh, Unicron goes... Bring me the Matrix. <laughs> <laughs> so, and then if you want to do, you're, you're good at the ghostly voice, so here's oh, the... Oh, I, I won't do it that annoying way. Do it, do it. Oh, you want to be yeah, annoying. Yeah. Welcome, Megatron. <laughs> Welcome to the planet Unicron. <laughs> Who greets me? Show yourself that I may know you. Who greets me? Yeah, that's right. I see. I have to do all of this? Just this part. It, but this it, is a ghostly voice. Oh, anyway, it's supposed to be roaring like thunder. Yeah, but well, anyway. but I like the ghost. You give no orders here. Here I am alone and master, for I am in jester, the absorber of Unicron. All right, wait. So, wait, wait, wait. Mm-hmm. And jester is a separate being it in this like he's from controlling Unicron? him. Um, it's not clear. See, it says... The absorber of Unicron and just I think it's I think it's the same. Th- I don't know. I think I feel, I haven't read it's ahead. Like the Holy oh, Trinity. Maybe it's Father, Ingester, Son, and the Holy. Ingester is like, well, he says he's the, the absorber for, for like like the the mouth of Unicron. I don't know, man. <laughs> he's on the back of this dude's hand, so I so don't know. It's the back, I feel like so the absorber. slab like planet is the back of Unicron's hand. Yes. Wow. Yeah. So it's he's even much much larger. This is all fucking. This is crazy. also the script where it talks about how on the rings of Unicron, uh, one of those orbs is the size of Earth. See, wow, this is crazy. Okay, Megatron's life spark cowering. Why did you bring me here? I'm of no use to you. My life spark is dissolving into the void. 
I, uh, I'm not doing that. Okay, those I'll do it. So just, no, uh, no, just read it. Uh, all right, all sorry, right. So grumpy. I'm sorry. I'm, Man, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Grumpatron over here. <laughs> Surly bot. <laughs> Uh, then the ghostly voice says, Silence, you said you would do anything to regain function and be revenged. Megatron stops cowering, shows a glint of cunning. He's, be- <laughs> he's beginning to plot. Yes, I did, but why should that concern you, mighty ingester? And that is where we will pick up next episode. Wow. This is bonkers. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it is a real cliffhanger. It's almost like we're just we're experiencing a parallel universe That's right. in our. Those universe. are like scenes that are like heavy, me- like heavy metal. Yeah, era. yeah, yeah. It's much Fan- more psychedelic. Fantasy. Yes, totally fantasy. And then uh, the o- the main difference uh, that I was going to talk about here is that uh, remember back in Lithone when they were, talked about that alternate takes on how. Lithone was destroyed and how a, a Unicron created a mist that enveloped yes. the planet yeah, oh, yeah. and ultimately cracked it like an egg. So in my version of the script, um, it uh, mentioned that when after Megatron was giving Unicron shit and was kind of leaning towards declining the offer, that it's it, as opposed to that shining bright light and, and sound, uh-huh. that the mist came uh, out and started oh, to envelop Megatron shit. and started to dissolve him, and that's when oh. he, oh, he changed like, his oh, mind I guess about it's fine. Uh, what was going on here. So all right. that's all I've got. Ryan, I am excited to uh, hear about what you yeah. have. They landed on a slab planet, the Life Sparks did, um, and uh, how many life sparks? Who were the life sparks? The Re- life sparks. Refresh our memories. Yeah, Set this I will. Up. I will. Okay, so Megatron is the only one in this version that died. Uh, none. Nobody gets shot out of Astro Train. There's none of that. They get to Cybertron. Megatron dies. His life spark goes away. And in the fighting of the other Decepticons, they crush some of the Decepticon hero statues, which releases their life sparks into the universe. The hero statues. Oh, the sparks of the hero statues. Yeah, they're contained in like a, a like a lamp. That's so Decepticons we may have never even met. One hundred percent Decepticons we okay. never met. Okay, all right. They're all Decepticons we never met, which actually uh, lends credence to why later, and we'll see it, especially Starscream's coronation. There's a lot of people there that probably shouldn't be there because they're fucking dead. Oh. Uh, so it may be some confusion between the scripts because in the original one, Megatron's the only one who dies. Okay. Um, okay, so we're on this slab planet again. There are, uh, quote-unquote, tree trunks and grass which whip around in the gale of uh, Unicron's voice. And these tree trunks and uh, grass are hairs on Unicron's hand. Which Mm -hmm. is where I'm like, is he biological? Why would he have hair? Are these on his palms? (laughs) (laughs) Enough said about that. That's right. (laughs) Um, And then Unicron says, I can grant what you wish and more. If you but enter my service. And Megatron's life Any spark. chance we'd want Caleb to reread that with his ghostly voice? I, I feel like Caleb is not going to be into it. But, but. He's texting right now. So, well, I'm, I'm replying to Serge, uh, Serge Bomba. Oh. Uh, he's asking a Hey, question. Serge. Yeah, so he's asking, shout out to Serge. Shout out to Serge. He's Serge Bomba. Hello. <laughs> yeah, Caleb can't be bothered. Um, so, Grant, what you wish and more. Um, and then Megatron's life spark says, be specific, please. And I'm like, that's a little off, Grant. That's not, please? I don't know. Uh, then Ingester says, I will transform your pitiful remains and those of your dead colleagues to new and more powerful life forms. I will help you destroy your enemies and wreath you in internal majesty when I absorb the universe into my dominion. 
And Megatron says, On what conditions? You will become mine forever and serve only my will. Give me your answer. Surely there is room for negotiation. Your answer I shall or I shall return you to your pitiful retinue and, to, well, and your pitiful retinue to the cold nothingness of the grave. Then Megatron, as he looks quavering, indistinct, and flickering life spark shimmering behind him in a pile of degree, debris, Megatron life spark. I like degree, degree deodorant, just chunks of deodorant floating around space. Our sponsor, ladies and gentlemen, uh, this episode, degree, degree, debris, degree. Um, New life, more powerful life. I and these ancient heroes. Yes, and Jester, I accept your condition. Wow. Uh, a long, frightening exhalation of breath, like an endless sigh from hell. Ah, then Megatron is no more. On Megatron, life spark, as a cold ray bathes him in a vertical column of light, and the weight of it forces him to bend, contort, and start to shimmer and dissolve. So that kind of wow. is like where the chrome part is in this one. Wow. So... I like this version, and I think there's parts of it that should have been included for at least for one reason, which is Unicron's motivation. We don't know, you never know through the movie as we see it, mm -hmm. what the hell his purpose is. Why mm -hmm. he's doing what he's doing. He's just a big it's guy big. that wrecks up some shit. Mm -hmm. They try to retcon it a little bit, but even the retconning is weak as fuck as we discussed last episode. At least that is like, he. okay, I want to eat everything. Right. All right. I, I, I that's wanna... something, at least. That's Which, a reason to exist. It's kind of like that in the <laughs> books, the comic books, if I remember, there's some of like, he just wants to destroy everything but yeah it's and this is vague so right right well that is awesome so how crazy is it gonna be next week <laughs> every time uh in the script that i have basically there's a blinding flash of light and galvatron exists all of a sudden and he still resembles megatron according to my script mm -hmm. he laughs and flexes his muscles as we saw galvatron do but his voice is deeper, and that seems to be the only real difference from Galvatron. But then the funny thing about it is that he's after the transformation, he says, he, Galvatron, says, Long live Galvatron. <laughs> like, oh, that's weird. Just trying to hype up an audience that doesn't exist. <laughs> and also trying to make this happen. Did, did Hitler need people to be like, was Hitler ever like, hey, long live hey, Hitler. Right, guys? You know what? I would not put it past Hitler to do something. Well, we know there's some Nazi stuff in here with the uh, Hall of Heroes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The only other thing is that Cyclonus is created and then his, quote, armada is similar. But the script notes that his armada, his clone of himself, I guess, is much smaller but similarly colored. So what a weird. He made a clone of himself that's tiny, a mini me, if you will, uh, according right. to the like, script just, that I have. Why did again? If you're making more toys, why did you just make more toys? Yeah. Well, as we were saying before, after this scene, there, well, actually, after the next scene, uh, which he's gonna, he transforms and all of the transformer, all the, yeah. that crew, and but his armada doesn't even exist. No, there's really no, from you, this point forward. Skywarp. It's a huge Cyclonus. mistake. It doesn't even make sense. And I think part of that has to be that, from a storytelling perspective, do you really need two groups of people that have copies that of identical? themselves? Yeah. Like, let's knock it off already. It's cool to have the sweeps. Cyclonus doesn't need that. Yeah, it seems lazy and weird. I don't it, know. I don't. I don't even know why. It should not. That. It's a. It's a, a major movie flood that's caused lots of people discussion among forever. the among the fan group. But it also just didn't need to exist. No. It's just stupid. Nah. Anyway. What you got? Um, 
ingester slash Unicron, I don't know, says, Arise, Galvatron. Uh, the debris starts swirling around and into the shimmering life spark of Megatron, merging into it, spinning and interlocking. An X-ray effect takes place in which we see a new skeletal structure, wiring, circuitry, etc. Flashing it off as a new and larger being starts to form, getting bigger, fuller, changing from little life spark to huge, fully formed, thick throbbing. I added what? that. What? I, I added that part. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> Into Galvatron. The transformation creation ends in a blinding flash in Galvatron who still resembles Megatron again, Aaron, to your script still. Uh, but now wears a new insignia which marks him as a servant of Ingestor. Oh, oh I like that. Of, I yeah, that, me too. Yeah. A different insignia. Hmm. Yep, and then he laughs and flexes his muscles and stretches. His voice is deeper, different from Megatron's. Galvatron, life, function, power. Ah, ha, 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 ha. Megatron, be gone. Long live Galvatron. So oh. says long live Galvatron. And then uh, and cocky you, as fuck right off the mm -hmm. bat. I mean, not that Megatron. And then, uh, and then Unicron says, and these shall be your minions. Like is still maintains. Uh, the cold rays uh, descend on them and repeat the transformation process only more rapidly. First, transforming the pale life spark to Scourge. Scourge, parenthesis, sweep character, is bearded, fanged, and ferocious looking. And as soon as he's been, been created, he, yep, he roars and stretches an array of similar characters, smaller and all wearing, and here's the weird part, and all wearing dark matching uniforms. <laughs> what? They're darker than Scourge. <laughs> and they're wearing... And they're wearing clothes? They're wearing clothes. Which... Uniforms? Yeah, Uniforms would make, lead me to believe that it means design, but later, like in just a second, it doesn't seem like it does. Because uh, Unicron says, Scorch, the tracker, and his huntsman, the sweeps. Uh, on Cyclonus, new Decepticon with plain transformation ability. As Cyclonus is created from Life Spark and his armada of similar but smaller and similarly colored and clad creatures are formed. So similarly colored, but they're not wearing uniforms. So why are the sweeps wearing uniforms? Sweep six and seven. That's the only time. Descending upon this battleground of sorts. And then a callback to Call of the uh, Primitives, which is interesting because that's Best the... Best episode of all time. That's the... Uh, of course. That's the only time, actually, the sweeps are referred to by number. Is that right? Mm-hmm. Oh. I read that on the TF Wiki. A little less trivia. Night. Thanks, Jed. Uh, and then, basically, the end of this is uh, the ghostly voice, comma, in, or uh, parentheses, in jester, loudly proclaiming over the scene, Now go! Take command of your forces on Cybertron and deliver unto me the energy remaining on that world. Go, I command you. Go and do my bidding. So nothing about the Matrix. So it's all like, he wants the energy? Yeah, it seems like, I haven't, again, I haven't read ahead, but it seems like, uh, deliver me your planet? <laughs> Which is weird. He wants, but why does he need them for I that? I don't know, because earlier even in the script, he seems to take over Lethone with no problem, his mist and shit, so I don't. Did you have the mist in your version of the script? Yes, okay. I believe so. Okay. It's been a okay. while, but I think so. So, go deliver yeah. me the energy. I'm not going to tell you how. You just do that. Yeah, and again, I haven't read ahead, so I don't know how that works, but uh, like it... it in in the same way that the movie is convoluted as to Unicron's motivations, this seems weird and convoluted. I, the thing I think I look forward to more than anything whenever we meet up every two weeks or so is finding out where <laughs> this storyline is going. Yeah, I, I can't even imagine. It is a bonk town. <laughs> it's it fucking crazy. It I love it. <laughs>
once again, I will get mine out of the way so we can get to the real, the real juice, mm. the jet juice. Oh, that's not the ladies love right it. There. Stop right there. <laughs> so, in my version of the script, Unicron doesn't provide a ship. Um, <laughs> Mega, or Galvatron just hops in Cyclonus, who leads the fleet into the distant stars. And um, that makes more sense. Yeah, yeah. And Galvatron <laughs> says, "I will rip open." Autobot after Autobot until the Matrix is yours, Unicron. So we're still operating. In my version of the script, he's not commanding them to destroy the Matrix. He's commanding them to go bring to bring him the is Matrix. He ripping, bring that shit back here. Is he ripping them open to look for it? Like, not in this Autobot. <laughs> <laughs> not in this Autobot. Oh, man. When am I going to find the prize? Yeah. <laughs> the way we might open plastic Easter eggs? That's, sure. Or, or, or maybe a pinata. He does, I, uh, Galvatron has a YouTube channel where he unboxes Autobots oh, yeah. right. for the Matrix. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like it. It's very my, common. My kids are really into the Toy Genie. Ever heard of the Toy Genie? Mm-hmm. No, I just know it's a huge thing. Oh, of, like, it's, unboxing videos is yeah, crazy. It, it is a thing. All right, please continue. There's no horn section for Starscream to blast. <laughs> And that's really it on mine. Um, mine is actually really similar to the movie because, of course, it takes place in the Hall of Heroes. And so at this point, we're now... He does, Also in mine, he does not give them a ship. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, so they're just flying. Uh, Galvatron and his newly created force fly up and away with great speed. Galvatron's laughter echoing through space and merging with echoes and rumbles of Ingester's ghostly voice as we cut to the Decepticon Hall of Heroes and Starscream. The hall is in shambles, several Decepticons lie in various stages of destruction, and Starscream stands in the center of a circular floor on a raised platform. So it's basically the same. He has a cloak on his shoulders and thrust and ramjet, both showing effects of a battering, bow in front of him as Astrotrain holds a huge crown over his head. It's exactly the same. It's mm-hmm. e- to the point where those same characters are doing that yeah. in this scene. Yep. Except in the version we see on screen, the characters don't look as No, they're not battered. Up. Yeah, because there was Which no fight. Which they fighting. should, but yeah. they don't. Uh, then Starscream preening. Well, get on with the ceremony. Your future monarch is waiting. Mm. Oh, and this is where there's a little deviation. Uh, St- Dirge intones rituals from an ancient book. His voice shows how he's not thrilled about any of this. So <laughs> it's an ancient Decepticon book. Book. Yeah. Like a Necronomicon yeah. of sorts. It, yeah. Fascinating. Dirge is just... <sighs> in accordance with ancient ritual. We. The Decepticons of Cybertron herewith anoint and extol thee, noble Starscream, and proclaim thee uh, king until time ceases to flow, and Dirge and others react to eerie sounds and look up on a annoying Starscream who petulantly shouts at them, Get on with it, complete my investiture! This must be how John Roberts felt swearing in Donald Trump. <laughs> That's, oh man, yeah. That's... <laughs> Political. Uh, And then Starscream looks where others are looking and reacts, and this is end of the scene, where it ends basically the same place our minute ends. Okay. Oh, man. I'm I'm hoping that this doesn't get back on the rails. (laughs) Yeah. So, I actually, in my version of the script, there are a few little things. Um, when uh, Starscream says, Megatron, uh, Galvatron says, here's a clue instead of here's a hint. And also, post-Starscream's death, after Galvatron asks if... This is, <laughs> this is a weird one. 
After um, Starscream's death, and Galvatron asks if anyone wants to fill his shoes, the Decepticons in unison start to say, Long live! And then they all, in unison, realize they don't know his name. Uh, and oh, really? Somebody in the crowd, who's not really named, says, what he say his name was? And then somebody else in the crowd says, he didn't! And then Galvatron oh. says... Galvatron. Well, they, they, what a stupid <laughs> bit. They, they, and then they the Decepticons say, long live Galvatron in unison. They, <laughs> they pull that one out. They kind of stretch that one out. It's much better the other way That's around. That's a re- God, what were they writing for the Big Bang Theory? That's a terrible, like, little bit. That... Well, like, like all of them simultaneously are like, oh, love oh. live. Wow. Okay. That's funny. Um, That's funny. All right. And so here, we are on Galvatron and his forces. They say they descend into the Hall of Heroes, and Galvatron moves out to confront Starscream. Starscream says, how dare you disrupt my crowning? I shall... Looks closely. (laughs) You look vaguely familiar. Something about you reminds me... of Megatron? (laughs) (laughs) Galvatron says, there is no Megatron. I am Galvatron, and I rule. Starscream. You rule nothing. I, Starscream, am supreme on this planet. I alone and... He blanches and reacts, which is like, you know, whatever. Um, His POV on Galvatron is Galvatron draws a blaster and levels it at Starscream, firing a huge burst. Hmm. What are you talking about? Yeah, yeah, once again, good move on the final product that he transforms into his cannon form. Which is weird, because this script, like... I guess he doesn't describe what Galvatron really looks like, but Megatron had an arm cannon. Yes. Wouldn't you assume that Galvatron would have an arm cannon? Yes. So pulling out a blaster is very strange. Maybe it's the same blaster that killed Prime. I mean... Yeah, maybe so. Okay, so as the blast disintegrates Starscream and his smithereens retain his shape and terrified expression for an instant, which we see in the minute, then they fall away. I mean, why not say crumble? And dissolve, leaving only a burnt spot on the floor where Starscream had been standing. Galvatron confronts other Decepticons boastfully. Does anyone else question my authority? And we pan for their reaction as they ponder for a brief beat, exchanging looks. Dirge says, all hail Galvatron. And then they all say, hail Galvatron, hail. Galvatron swaggers onto the raised platform on which King Starscream had been standing, taking cheers of Decepticons for a beat, and then raises hands abruptly, getting instant silence and shouts, Prepare an offering of energy for Ingester. Whoa, okay. Yep. Okay. Good, good. We're nice and, and off the rails. Yep. <laughs> we are back into it. And that's where that good. minute ends. I was getting worried for a second that going to be, was gonna be kind mm-hmm. of too normal. Nope. As uh, as I tend to do, <laughs> I will go first um, and get mine out of the way. Uh, the script that I have says that after as he consumes the moon base that bit by bit we see new sections of the planet being generated so the script is insinuating that we would actually see unicron grow with each meal which mm. is kind of a cool concept actually um but as he's attacking the moon base it also refers to the sinister mist that we saw back to the beginning mm. begins to pour out of him as he approaches the the moon base excuse me um, Jazz starts transmitting, which is pretty much the same, and the script transitions us to Earth and tells us that Autobot City is almost rebuilt. <laughs> <laughs> wow. <laughs> they had, oh, well, I'm sure the crack team, thousands of t- workers. Like, maybe if they somehow kidnapped the Constructicons and I enslaved mean, them. How long did it take to rebuild the 9 11 site? <laughs> I mean, five years? 
So that's, yeah, that's obviously ludicrous from a lot of levels. First, because what we see on screen is the exact opposite. Mm-hmm. Audacity mm-hmm. is hopelessly smashed. Not a fixer-upper. Leave it. Also, even if it was, a day has passed. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't care <laughs> if they had six sets of Constructicons. That's true. Like, there's no way they could fix that whole goddamn that's city. That's hilarious. But Unigron's energy field, also, they speak of it dissolving the moon landscape. And so, lots of talk about that dissolving action yes. that we never actually saw hmm. on the screen. Well, for mine, uh, this one is a long one. So, everybody hunker down. Take your dicks out. Take your pussies out. Let's not. Get, not in get, this get yourself a drink and let's listen to this fucking shit. Consensually do the things that yes, Ryan just thank said. You, thank you. <laughs> I assumed they were alone. <laughs> oh, God. Okay, so um, on Scourge and the Sweeps, they quickly haul Energon cubes out to the center of the hall and oh. stack them up. Yeah. As Cyclonus and his minions also bring in Energon cubes from adjacent storehouses, making a large pile. And then Bone Crusher says, That's all the Energon left on Cybertron, which. I guess was all in one place. Um, Dirge thrusts an astrotrain. Uh, they push forward and they seem really hesitant about it. And astrotrain says, "We'll have no energy left for ourselves." Galvatron shoves Dirge and thrusts aside to let more energon cubes pass. All the energy to ingester. Galvatron reacts as a cold ray suddenly pierces the sky and bathes the stack of energon cubes in its light. There's a ghostly voice of ingester greedily, "Energy." Oh. <laughs> Parentheses. Noises of devouring. <laughs> Doesn't he get energy from eating planets? Hey. Yes, that's coming up. Okay. But also Energon cubes, I guess. <laughs> um, on the Energon cube pile, they shimmer and dissolve and are sucked into the cold ray and move up and off into, into that ray into space, traveling at great speed. Bone Crusher, it's sucking up the Energon cubes. And then Dirge, in a voiceover... Like soda oil through a straw. Stop that. Stop doing that. That's a definite Friedman line right there. That that script is so bananas. Soda oil. It never fails to surprise me. Oh, man. We move along the ray down to Cybertron from a great distance, moving up very fast, following the energy stream, accompanied by sucking soda straw noises. Oh, no! (laughs) Like like you're at the end of the soda? Yeah, yeah. Like, I think he was just thirsty when he wrote this. Um... And then we, as the energy, the cold ray ends on Unicron, where energy flows down into Unicron through a cold ray straw and instantly changes color of the slab planet, causing the entire planet to start rotating more rapidly on its axis, a light source infusing its surface as Unicron expands, like in yours, it gets bigger, uh, a great sigh and starts moving out of orbit toward the camera. Uh. <laughs> That's good soda. <laughs> uh, filling the screen as it moves with great speed. And then we're back in the Hall of Heroes. They look up in the sky at a cold ray that just sucked up all the energon cubes dry. Astrotrain says, look, up in the sky. And Dirge Scrapper et al. What is it? It's a whole planet. It's coming to us in that beam of light. Uh, and Unicron comes to a stop in the so- sky close to Cybertron, looming enormously close. Like some giant moon threatening to crush the planet uh, which has attracted it, still tethered to Cybertron by the cold ray. The, the Decepticons are shocked. Um, and then we go to the munitions factory on Cybertron with uh, the moon of Cybertron with Jazz and Cliffjumper. They react, looking off at Unicron, which looms even larger to them since the moon is nearer to it than Cybertron. A strange Thanks lap- for the explanation mm-hmm. of foreshortening script. That's right. <laughs> What's that humongous planet doing here? That was bad jazz. I can't get the Cascade and Carruthers. Um, and then Cliff Jumper says, It's destabilizing our gravity. You gotta do Casey Kasem as Cliff Jumper. 
It's destabilizing our gravity. And then it just says, talk to me, Earth. We got a situation. See, I got it back. Um, <laughs> then it's very similar in Autobot City, which, again, in this script says is almost rebuilt mm-hmm. um, and refortified. Uh, and then uh, the same kind of thing where uh, Jazz talks to Blaster. Um, and we even have in this script, Springer and RC are working to fit a whole section into place as Daniel is motioning them to move it a little this way. <laughs> <laughs> they kept it in the movie. <laughs> He's just a little foreman. Yeah, yeah. I'm not surprised if they look at him and just drop that column. Well, on that's his ass. that's what we white males are good at. We're foremen. We're overseers. <laughs> uh-huh. Jesus, <laughs> officer, officer, overseer. Sorry, okay, shout out to KRS One. Yeah. Uh, Blaster says, and he Blaster always rhymes in this script. He says. Something's coming down the pike that I shall play upon my mic. Whoa! Yeah, it's ba- and then basically we have the same thing where he, he relays the message. Um, Springer runs off and says, I have to go tell Ultra Magnus, which, again, this is a good edit here because it's like they do in the movie. We just, just have Ultra Magnus there hearing the message. And then we're back in the uh, Cybertron in the Hall of Heroes, and Scourge says, What's happening, mighty Galvatron? And Galvatron says, Ah, I, I don't know. And then... Um, <laughs> Dirge points up, look, the third moon. And third. It, yeah. <laughs> uh, and the moon is beginning to pull away from the orbit ring and slowly move toward Unicron. A dark spot appears in Unicron, and spot appears, well, that's a typo, to open into gaping dark hole, which changes outline and shows lines of moisture like saliva as salivating sounds of slurping and sucking are oh, from, I think he has an ASMR thing. Slurping and sucking. And then Dirge says, that planet is trying to devour it. Uh, and uh, more intensely, the cold ray suddenly extends to that moon, drawing the moon toward it faster and faster. Um, and that's the one that, I guess I guess they're saying that that's the one that Jazz and Cliffjumper are on. Because uh, then it, it, the, it cuts to Jazz and Cliffjumper where they're, there are quakes, tremors, and cyclonic winds. Um, the structures start to uh, collapse, and then Jazz and Cliff Jumper get to an escape vehicle as Unicron looms larger, larger, larger. It's Maw working closer and Slurping closer. And That's right. Salivating. And Jazz says the same thing. This, this survived all the way through. Got to blast free if we can. And that's where that minute ends. So, oh my God. This. There's no way they could have made this movie. For no! Every, for every minute of movie that actually is produced, there's ten minutes of movie in your script. Yeah, it would, it would have been but so long. I guess that's a good strategy for writing it. You overwrite it and have it get And then you down. edit, yeah. And that's the thing, is like that, again, this is a first draft, so whenever you were writing a first draft, it's never meant to be what it is. It's just you write and write and write, and then you cut sure. and it's fixed later. So we're being a little hard on it. Ron. It's still yeah. love it. We're being hard on it, but... We're being hard so on it, but it's, it's so fun. good. Just because we're jealous. It's just hate. <clears throat> I, I'm not jealous. I just like making fun of things. It's, it's, <laughs> well, it's it's like we said, it's bananas. Yes. Yeah. But it's also amazing. Well, yeah, I, I love it. It's so fucking crazy. My version, uh, which as we've discussed in the past, is got to be a more recent version than your version. We think your version is a, 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 early, a really early, early draft. My version that I've been following is probably, you know, maybe the, the draft right before the it's final a little, draft. Little, it's more little down, for sure. But the, the difference in mine is that when Spike and Bumblebee contact Earth, they reach Ultra Magnus on what is a portable communication device, not the 1990s public library monitor that we see them on in the movie. And Spike tells Ultra Magnus that it's a terrible nightmare. <laughs> um, finally, uh, this is actually really interesting, and there's sort of a an, either an editing flub, but 
Well, so we're going to get to Galvatron and giving his Cybertron and its moons mm-hmm. line in the next minute. But in the script, he delivers that line in between the moon crunchings. So put a pin in that because we'll come back to it. Okay. But technically, in by the script that I have, Moonbase 1 gets eaten. Then Galvatron's like, rah, 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 Unicron. And then the next one gets eaten. Mm. But that's not the way it happens on screen. Yeah, that doesn't work as well. That's sequenced I, weird. I mean, I, I think actually it could work better. It could, but like Unicron's reaction. We'll get to it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, okay, so in mine, mine, this one's pretty short. Uh, this one, um, they get into the escape pod and start retro blasters. The flame of the blasters whirling in wild winds, which is some good alliteration. And the moon is sucked closer, closer, closer. Then we go to Galvatron. So this may be, yeah, similar to yours. Mm-hmm. Galvatron in the Hall of Heroes, this is, he reacts. He says, Cybertron and its moons are mine! <laughs> it, it's, he's saying that to Unicron. Like, he's just don't, he's screaming it. Don't eat the moons, they're mine. He's just screaming it. And he says, And Jester has no right to absorb any of oh, them. Okay. Okay. So yeah, he's so, just yeah, screaming. He's being possessive, okay. Uh, the moon is now very close to Unicron's maw, and the moon is being dragged closer, closer, and a beam of cold light on that moon in the escape pod. And this is, again, uh, Cliff Jumper, ignition, and uh, more quakes, and then Jazz says, Hit it! And it blasts off and away from Unicron with an explosion. The moon is sucked completely into Unicron's maw, which closes around it with a snap and a juicy series of slurping noises. What's up with these juices? I don't slurp. I don't know. Which. If, if anybody could have made goodbye, those, listeners who hate that. <laughs> if anybody could have made a slurping sound for for this, it would have been <laughs> our man Orson Orson Welles. Mm-hmm. He probably had the residue of a steak that he'd had prior Just to stuck doing, in his teeth. Yeah, uh, got like half a lamb. Orson Welles strikes me as the type of guy that always has a toothpick in his mouth. That was a delicious four chickens I had. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. So the color of Unicron changes again, and the illumination within Unicron shifts and glows in an odd series of patterns, which I guess like a crystal ball or something, like a cloudy crystal ball. Um, and uh, then the ghostly voice of Ingester. <laughs> and uh, in this one, there's no moon base, too. So that's mm. the end of that uh, really? sequence. Yeah. Wait a minute. In the last sequence, didn't you say... There were three moon bases? It said... Mm, yeah, it's like... It's real confusing, because it says there's like moon base three, but it never... It it seems to be like it, it was reduced to one moon base, and maybe he forgot to take it out of this part. <laughs> I guess. But, By a factor of two. Yes. <laughs> so there's only one moon base, uh, unless there's something after the next minute, because that's the only one that I've read forward to. So. Okay. All right. Yeah. Well, that's the end of that. It. Don't spoil it. <laughs> so I'm trying to think here. I will just go. Is yours more on the rails or off the rails? Um, it, my mom. I, I have a deviation. My mom deviated from the traditional Thanksgiving meal. <laughs> went from a turkey to a honey baked ham. What? I know, Most right? people get both. Not this year. <laughs> it was a dark day in the Carter household. Spiral cut. Spiral, and then things spiraled quickly out of control. 
<laughs> Your uncle with his mashed potatoes. It was chaos. Situation. Like, what the hell is this? <laughs> did you guys do like a uh, food, did you, food did you, fight? Yeah. Yes, it was okay. a food fight. Yes. <laughs> I got scalded by hot melted marshmallows from the top of the uh, sweet potato casserole. Listeners, were any of you ever in a 1980s style food high school fight? cafeteria food fight? If you are, reach out. Let us know. I was. There was a food fight I was in where mainly. Um, it was in, I believe, middle school, and it was very short, like a small number of skirmishers. Um, but I, I believe uh, pickles were involved mostly. It was a hamburger day. <laughs> I was never involved in the food fight day. I like how in those movies when that happens... Uh, Everybody <laughs> Well, First of all, they last 20 minutes. Mm. Second of all, there's always that part where sort of that person who's the stick in the mud like Sticks gets it... their get, head up out from behind the table. And they get nailed. Yeah. And they get nailed. And then they participate. Yeah. Then all yeah. of a sudden yeah. they... And they maybe even have the last word in the deal. They yeah. they put the finishing touch. They, they body that fight. Heavy amount of creams <laughs> in food fights. Lots Lots it goes all the way guys. back to the Three Stooges, I believe. Mm. Yeah. So, okay. <laughs> um, to answer your question, mine's not that different. Okay. Well, I'll do mine first real quickly then. Um, so, although there is a weird thing that happens, and I can't tell if it's a uh, screw-up in who, whoever translated or put the script uh, that I have online. But um, once Spike and Bumblebee get cut off, uh, at, and from a previous minute, the script cuts to Galvatron and his armada attacking the crew on Earth. It doesn't pick up mm. on the whole Moonbase 2 sequence um, until way after the crew lands on Junkion, after Hot Rod and Cup resolve all of the shit on Quintessa, right after Wheelie takes them like on that corkscrew ship, and then the script picks back up on mm. Unicron devouring Moonbase 2. So, um, so presumably... Spike and Bumblebee on Moonbase 2 are just looking at this planet the right. whole movie. Right. It's just maybe stalled there. Yeah. Maybe Galvatron made that threat and Unicron just stalled there for a second and he comes back to it. I can't remember if I picked up on that. But um, the other thing is, we don't know why, but when you do fast forward in the script to pick up to them, it does say 20 seconds, not 20 minutes, just to resolve that dispute. But I still feel like that's You're stupid. the only one disputing that. All right. Well, <laughs> that's all I got. Okay. Um, on mine, uh, it's uh, this one's a pretty short one. Okay. On this minute, Galvatron in the Decepticon Hall of Heroes. Silence. No more winds. No more movement. All is still. And then, with a sudden continuous motion, Unicron swells in size so it looks even closer, like a balloon, into which more air has suddenly been pumped. <laughs> so, this is the ghostly voice of Ingester. Uh... Which is now deeper, louder, more overtones added. There is insufficient energy in this galaxy. Go to Earth. Deliver its power to me. Isn't Cu- that in the same galaxy? Couple points. Yeah, one hundred percent is in the same galaxy. Okay. It's even in the same star system at this point. So okay. uh, this gets even weirder later. There, or the next line, Galvatron, defiant. That moon, this universe is mine. So now we're the whole universe. It's like not even galaxy. Just universe. Okay. Uh, another angle on Galvatron. As Cold Ray suddenly descends and traps him, making him writhe in pain beneath it, powerless to resist. The ghostly voice of Ingester. I am Ingester, dominator of the cosmos. You shall obey. Galvatron, gasping for breath, writhing, nods. I, 
I hear and obey, mighty one. The cold ray vanishes, and Galvatron clutches his throat and tries to regain his composure. Ghostly voice of Ingester, To Earth, to Earth in victory. Galvatron, a ferocious yell. Investor and victory! Investor? Ingester. <laughs> yeah, he was. Oh, a, that's he was, the Holy Trinity. You he was, got Unicron, Ingester, and Investor. They were starting He's the money man. That's right. They were starting an, an Etsy business. Um, Etsy business. That's right. What kind of crafts is Unicron creating? Oh man, it's just like um, giant, uh, like cocktail forks to spear the planets. Uh, <laughs> place that's cards. pretty good. We can move on. All right. <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> All right. We pan on. Scourge sweeps and the other Decepticons to quickly take up the battle cry in Jester and Vectare, and Galvatron and his entire force of newly created life spark minions and Decepticons take off in battle formation, shouting the in Jester and Victory cry as we cut to next episode. Oh, That's our show for the week, ladies and gentlemen. Um, as you can probably hear in my voice, I'm a little under the weather currently, um, but I'm sure it's nothing that a lot of gin can't cure. Uh, hmm. Actually, with this chest congestion, I may be able to do a passable Unicron. Let's see. Welcome, Megatron. And it pleases me to be the first. Ultra Magnus lives. On the planet of junk. Stalk him. Tear him apart. And destroy the Autobot. Oh yeah. Pretty flawless Unicron there, ladies and gentlemen. Okay. As always, um, we hope you enjoyed this week's show. Check out our website, autopoddecepticast.com, where... Our store is up and running. Gift giving is just around the corner, and um, there's something in the store for the whole family. As long as your family enjoys inside baseball transformer pin references and recruitment posters. Um, also, we fixed our shipping. It was a little wonky there for a while. Uh, it's kind of hard to adjust. It's good now. Um, so tell your friends, like, comment, subscribe. We are at ApodDcast on all of the things. We're on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, TuneIn, and probably whatever aggregator is your choice. So until next time, pistols at dawn. Bye, bye, bye. Where we sell good.